Welcome to the Run Against Violence podcast for 2022, where together we'll listen, learn and talk about how we can all take steps to create respectful relationships in order to prevent family violence in our communities. Hello, I'm Jen Brown, and I am the host of the Run Against Violence podcast for 2022. So this podcast covers the Run Against Violence, or as we affectionately like to call it, RAV, Virtual Team Challenge, as teams of walkers and runners will virtually chase each other from Broken Hill to Sydney, covering a distance of 1,300 kilometres over 19 days, starting at the end of August. So I would like to begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live and travel through. Our route from Broken Hill to Sydney crosses from the lands of the Wiradjuri Nation in the west of New South Wales to the Eora Nation in the east, and today I'm recording this podcast on Birapaya country. We pay our respects to Elders past and present, and I extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who are listening today. So welcome back. This is the fourth episode in the 2022 season, and it is just over a month until the virtual challenge kicks off. So a few weeks ago, Kira Lee Deer, the co-founder of RAV, and I were discussing topics for the podcast, and she mentioned a few things. Firstly, that one of the biggest concerns she hears from people who are new to the challenge, who, like me, are doing it for the first time, is that perhaps they're too old, they're too unfit, they're not an athlete, they're too time poor, like they've got too much on their plate with work and family and don't think they've got the time to do this. And the other thing she mentioned is that she often hears experienced ravers, so people who have done the challenge in the past, swear that next year they're going to do things differently. Next year they're going to train for it and prepare properly. So in this conversation, I thought we would tackle all of those challenges and concerns, um, plus the fact that, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, this is my first uh, virtual challenge, and I've committed to go for silver, which is 130 kilometers, and I'm a little time poor and a little injured, so I, uh, I have some concerns about it too. And I know I'm not the only one. So I wanted to use this episode to chat to a few a few people who could help us figure it all out. And they are, first up, you'll hear from running coach Lyndall Maloney from Serotonin Runners. I call her, pick her brain about how I can get this done. And I know she's got lots of tips that will help you too. Then you're going to hear from the current age record holder in the silver category. That's for 130 kilometers or more. Her name is Judith Deer. She is a sprightly 79 years old. And if the surname sounds familiar, yes, that's because she is Kiralee's mum. Then finally, you're going to hear from busy mum Tara Edwards from Heart and Soul Running on her best advice on how you can not only survive the virtual challenge, but thrive. Let's go. Coach Lindell, how are you? I'm really well, thanks Jen. How are you? I am good. Um, so we are four weeks out from the start of this virtual challenge that I have been talked into doing. Um, and I am freaking out a bit. As you know, I'm time poor. We'll be doing two podcast podcast episodes a week during the challenge. So that's going to be interesting. And I'm carrying a bit of an injury. What advice do you have for me? Like, have I left it too late? 
Uh, well, as you said, we still have four weeks to go. Um, and I think you can use that four weeks wisely by planning them out, looking at the time that you have got to uh, get some training in to get ready for it. Um, obviously, if you're carrying an injury, you need to be, I guess, chatting with your health provider or your physio or whoever is helping you manage that injury um, to work to get a plan together um, to help get you through that. Um, but, of course, it can be done. Um, it's all about planning and doing a lot of things throughout the process and throughout the challenge to help you get to the end of the challenge. So, no, you haven't left it too late, um, but we can talk through some things to help get you through the challenge. Okay, that's good to know. Good to know. It would be terrible if the podcast host for the RAV Challenge cannot finish the RAV Challenge. <laughs> so what do I need to be thinking about over the next four weeks? Like what are the, some of the things we need to take into account when planning this? Okay, so I guess you said you're time poor. Um, so perhaps sitting down and looking at how much time you've got to dedicate to training um, over the next four weeks. Um, so sit down and work that out. Um, have a look at the what you can actually do with your injury. Um, mm -hmm. So is it walking? Is it running? Is it a little bit of both? Um, and work out uh, a plan to um, see what time you have got and mm -hmm. nut that out for the next four weeks. Um, and you can do that with someone. You can, um, uh, if you need help with that, you can sit down and talk to your teammates who are in your um, team with you and work out the what everyone else is doing as well um, and what else have you got going on in your life um, that may impact your training. Um, so factor that in as well, which might be, like you said, you're going to be busy um, putting out two podcasts each week, which is pretty time-consuming. Um, what other work that you've got, um, uh, any other commitments and factor those into your plan. Um, and your injury, okay, um, mm -hmm. that's going to have a major impact on what you can do now and leading up to the challenge. Um, how are you going to manage that, mm. which is going to be your most important thing. Mm, that's a very good question. So are you in a pacemaker or a rav head team? Oh, my God, now you're testing me. I am in a team of 20. Well, it's going to be 20. So you're a pacemaker. Thank you. Thank you. I'm yep. a pacemaker. I should know the answer to that question. Uh, so pacemaker, but we we have we have some... We have some ambitious goals. Let's face it. We have some ultra runners in our group, so they will, um, you know, go for it. Um, so we we have ambitious goals as a team, and I have committed to doing the silver challenge. So that's 130 k's, oh, um, which may okay. be a bit ambitious, but what the heck? So you're looking at 50 k's a week, which is uh 6.8 kilometers a day okay yeah obviously we wouldn't break it down into seven days a week of 6.8 kilometers a day um yeah so it's pretty big um so yeah now you need to be thinking about what you are actually doing in okay. terms of training yep. um because if it's if you go from zero to 6.8 kilometers a day <laughs> then it's maybe not going to work out very well for you um so, yeah, it's always good to start with the numbers. Look at yeah. what you have to achieve. Um, 
and the best way that you can do that is going to fit in with your life. Actually, that's a really good point you raise is that I know in my team and a few others I haven't who are new to the challenge as well, we probably haven't had that conversation about A, what the goal is for the team or B, what our individual goals are and probably see, kind of set that expectation within our team that we're not expecting everybody to do the same amount of kilometres during the challenge. Like I'm sure we've got people in the team and, and it might even be me who end up doing, you know, two kilometres, four kilometres a day because of injury or t- being time poor or whatever other reason. Um, and that's okay because the team will, the expectation and the understanding is that the team will rally um and exactly and support each other so that's probably an important conversation to have I think yeah and we're probably getting ahead of ourselves now but that's the beauty of the team is that you have a mixed bag of athletes um, and some will do a whole lot more than others but as long as you have that team goal and you also have your individual goal and you've planned that out then when we get to the end of the challenge and maybe things haven't worked out as well as they could have for you and you're not quite going to get the kilometres, it doesn't matter because your team has, um, you know, everyone will rally at the end um, to get the case done, um, in my experience anyway. And really at the end of it all, it doesn't matter if you don't hit your target because you will as a team and I guess you're, the purpose of the challenge is the more important thing, the whole big picture. So, yeah, that's the so reason true. why we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. It's interesting coming into this, like endurance sports are such a solo sport, but this is such a different dynamic. It's really yeah. interesting. I think that's the beauty of it too. Yeah, yeah. We're so used to running ultras as in a solo event, but doing it this way, yeah, it gives you a different perspective. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so we've got four weeks. I'm going to plan it out, look at my time available, manage the injury, all those sorts of bits. During the challenge, like during those magical 19 days that I keep hearing about, um, because this is my first challenge, I didn't mention that earlier, Um, what do I need to focus on? Okay, um, step one. So I'm, I like everything planned out. Um, so <laughs> you've got 19 days. Yep. So I'd sit down, have a calendar with those 19 days and know exactly when you're going to do your distances, your mm-hmm. runs, your walks. Um, that will probably fall apart because life happens. <laughs> uh, at, at least if you know that you have got that in place, that plan in place, um, You've got a schedule to stick to and then that just takes the pressure off you straight away, right? This is how I'm going to get to this goal. Um, Make sure you factor in some rest days. So if you're going into this challenge and you haven't been doing your 50 kilometres a week um, and you try to get stuck into that 50Ks, make sure you're factoring in some rest days. Okay. Rest days aren't necessarily lying on the couch watching Netflix all day. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are days when you're not doing part of this, um, your runs and your walks, but you might be doing other things um, to help you recover. So we're probably thinking about 
your recovery strategies. Yeah, um, swimming for me would be one of them. I think. Okay, fantastic. So a little bit of cross training. Yep. Um, sleep. Sleep. Yep. Lots of sleep. Um, again, if you're time poor, um, sleep can be hard to get on top of. But sleep's the best recovery tool you can use. Um, hydration. So making sure that you're really thinking about drinking fluids throughout the day. Um, sometimes we can get busy and we just forget about um, our hydration. And again, oh. that's a really important thing um, for recovery as well as just maintaining uh, our metabolism and um, keeping us feeling good. Um, nutrition, good food. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to eat. We need to fuel what we're doing. Fuel. Yep, okay. yep. So um, really thinking about upping what you're eating. Again, if you're not used to doing this workload then you're burning more fuel so obviously you need to think about um, your regular eating and eating good food and gentle stretching foam rolling you know there's lots Mm -hmm. of stuff on youtube that you can um, follow just to do nice routines to help um, your muscle recovery good idea your feet yeah so again going into this challenge you really have to be thinking about looking after your feet um, in terms of your shoe choice, um, mm-hmm. maybe you'll develop some blisters again if you're not used to this. So how are you going to deal with that? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Good excuse for a massage too, I suspect. I think so. Why not? <laughs> yep. Why not? Um, it's interesting how... We take on this challenge, like uh, some of us were more enthusiastic about being talked into it, doing it than others, um, but it comes with this whole other um, decision-making process, lots of other things to consider that you don't necessarily consider when you commit to doing it. Yes. It's like, yeah, that sounds like a good yeah, idea. it sounds like yeah. fun. Let's do that. And then yep. you go, oh, my God, I have to think about sleep. So you're a coach and I know you've worked with a lot of people who have done the virtual challenge before, which is why I wanted to pick your brain today. What's the, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make around or related to the challenge? Probably trying to go too hard too soon. So, mm-hmm. um, of course, the experienced runners can go out um, and do the 65Ks for their team in the weekend, um, which is awesome. And we all get inspired by that. It's really great to see. But if you're not trained for that um, or you try to go and do, you know, the biggest chunk of your kilometres at the start um, and your body's not ready for it, then that's the end of the challenge for you. Oh, that would so be something I would do. (laughs) Yeah. And it sounds like it's a challenge. It's meant to be something that's hard to do. Um, Yeah. So... But, yeah, try not to go, yeah, some runners will, some athletes will go too mm. gung-ho at the start just yep. to try to knock off as many kilometres as they can. Yep. Um, you've got a couple of weeks to do this, so, yeah, mm. take your time, enjoy it. Um, That's a good point. Actually, someone said to me the other day, use your incidental exercise time too. Like so if you can get off the bus stop one stop early, get off the train one stop early, um, take walking, walking meetings, you know, have your meetings have to be out, you know, walking a lap of the block or rather yep. than sitting in your chair, like actually use that additional time so that it doesn't, you know, just to almost make it easier for yourself. 
Yeah, you see those kilometres just add up when you are doing things like that. Okay, so last question. When I start freaking out and stressing that I'm not going to get my kilometres done and I'm going to let my team down, which I'm team captain, so that really gets under my skin, um, what advice do you have for me? What should I remember? Probably what we touched on before, which is um, firstly thinking about why you're doing it. Um, so it's really not about us as individuals. It's about us as a team. Um, and the reason why we're doing this challenge is to, you know, raise awareness for family violence. Um, so remember that you're in a team, um, and your team will rally. So it's important to communicate with your team that maybe I'm not going to get these kilometers done. Can someone help me out? And, you will find no doubt that uh, your team will, yeah, rally together and um, help get those extra kilometres done um, with you as the team, yeah. So no pressure. It's a group thing, not really an individual thing, even though you have your individual goals. Um, yeah, so do it together. That's great advice. That is great advice. All right, is there anything else I need to think about or do I just need to go and start planning and being doing this very smartly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you've got this, Jen. I think if you, yeah, do what we talked about, um, as I said, I like to plan and I like to have it all down on paper. Yep. yep, and that'll just take the pressure off you. Um, but, of course, you need to, if you haven't started doing anything, um, you need to get started today, even if it's just a 30-minute walk around the block. Um, yep, get started. Okay. Coach Lindell, I will do that today. Actually, what I will also do today is I'm going to look at my calendar for the challenge during the challenge and actually block into my calendar now my exercise time because I find if it's in my calendar, I will do it. If it's not in my calendar, I can um, I can more easily talk myself out of it, which won't happen during the challenge, obviously, because I've got that little internal pressure to get it done but I will block it out in now and I'll talk to my um, podiatrist about my foot injury and I'll I'm going to book that massage now so I have something to look forward to outstanding <laughs> sounds like a plan Jen excellent thank you so much Lyndall my pleasure Judith welcome to the podcast oh, thank you very much your daughter Kira Lee is very, very popular amongst this community. Yes, I'll oh, She's popular with me too. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So I know that you are the current age, you hold the current aged record for the silver category, which is 130 kilometres in the RAV Challenge. Tell mm -hmm. me... The, the yes. idea of participating in the virtual challenge, was that your idea or was it that something that Kira Lee suggested to you? Well, she suggested it to encourage me to um, participate. So I suppose, yes, it was Kira Lee who encouraged me to do this. Ah, uh, she, she does that a lot, actually. She encouraged me as well. Oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so when you agreed to sign up, did you have any idea of how far you would be able to do or were you a bit worried about how much you, you might be able to do? 
Well, the previous year I, I um, did set a, a bar for myself what to do. I think I put down 50 kilometres and I went above that. So last year I thought, well, I'll have a go at the 130 and I achieved that and I actually walked 170 <gasps> for the year. So, yeah, this year I think I might just still stick the 130 and see where I go. Oh, 200 might be calling. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to think about that one. <laughs> now, I know from talking to Kira Lee in the past, she had said to me that you would not call yourself an athlete. Um, that... No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> had you done anything like this before in the past? No, not at all. And so one of the common concerns that we that we hear of for people doing the challenge is that they're either too old or too unfit to participate in the virtual challenge. What would you say to that? How would you answer that if someone said that to you? Um, I don't think you get too old. I think what you have to do is actually do it in stages um, to achieve the seven kilometres a day, which was my bar that I set. I would sometimes do four kilometres in the morning and three in the afternoon. I wouldn't probably do the whole seven kilometres at once. I might do six at once and then do one in the afternoon. I wouldn't try and do it all at once. So I sort of paced myself. I worked out how many kilometres I need to do in a day. Um, my husband, um, Curly's father, down our bottom paddock, he put a, took the tractor around and made me a track. Oh. And then I, I would walk around and round and around that track and then up past the house, out on the dirt road, out the front, and then do it all again because I wasn't interested in, oh, I don't know, getting too close to people at that point of time. Mm-hmm. This year it might be a little bit easier because everyone's a bit more relaxed about the COVID thing. But I still will be doing the, the track down the bottom paddock and, as I did last year. That's a great I love that you've got your own track and I love that you found a way to do it that works for you, that yes, suits you. Exactly, exactly, yes, yeah. All in all, I would get um, listen to a story on my earphones, which I'd download from the library, just keep on walking. Oh, I love that, I love that. And so if there's someone listening to this who does think that they're too old or that they, you know, they're too unfit to start, they're not an athlete, they've never done something like this before in their lives, what would you say to them? Oh, have a go. Yes, by all means. You don't have to set yourself a target of the 130. You can set yourself a target of less than that. And if you get towards the, that target, well, then take it a little bit further. The first year you do it, I think perhaps if you just relax with it more, achieve what you've set yourself as a goal, but don't go beyond that if you don't feel comfortable at doing that. If you feel comfortable, take those extra few steps and see what works out. Mm, great advice. I'm doing my first challenge, so I'm going to take that oh, okay. advice on board. Oh, good. Now, can I ask you a, a personal question, which I know traditionally we don't ask women. Um, how many, if you're okay with disclosing, how many years young are you? I'm 79. I'm 18 in November. Oh, wow. Judith, you are going to be my inspiration this challenge. Whenever ah. I struggle to get my butt out of bed or out the door, I am going to think of you. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Tara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jim. So the virtual challenge is fast approaching. 
you, I know you work, you have a business and you have kids, and I'm sure you have lots of other responsibilities on your plate. And there are many people listening to this who I'm sure can relate. So how do you specifically prepare for or train for the challenge? Like, what do you do to get ready for this thing? Uh, well, firstly, I probably look at, you know, um, what days uh, the challenge is incorporated. And then I try and work out what my schedule is. So I fit in a lot of runs and walks around my children's uh, sport training. So, for example, I get a five or a 6K run in in the afternoons when my son does footy training and I I incorporate park run, which Mm -hmm. I absolutely love. And, yeah, just really finding time in the day to to make the most of it, you know. So that's the same for for training as for the virtual challenge or are there certain things you do during the challenge itself to to get the extra distances in or squeeze it all in? I think the first year when Kira Lee hosted this event, I think I looked at uh, the days and I separated the kilometres up to each day so I I could really mentally prepare to head out for for those particular kilometres. I think now, you know, it's shifted a lot since we moved to Tasmania. Things have um, changed here. For example, I don't have um, running buddies down here necessarily. So it's a matter of me being a little bit more disciplined and getting out um, when I can. Um, yeah, as I said, like in the training, I, you know, walk my daughter to school every Wednesday because I'm fortunate to have Wednesdays off. So any little opportunity that I get, I put my watch on and I I start counting that. Very lucky to live in Tasmania with all its beautiful trails. So this year I am hoping to incorporate a long hike on the weekend um, and take hubby along with me. Oh, beautiful. And I love to... You just made me think that I, for example, never record the incidental walking. Like I only ever record my air quote training sessions. Um, but I should just wear my watch the whole time. And anytime like I'm walking to the train station or, you know, around town or even in the shops, um, I've got it. I could sneakily use that as part of my distance as well. Yeah, I think it's just thinking outside the box, you know, um, and combining what you're already doing with what you can fit in, if that makes sense. So, you know, when I was in Sydney, for instance, my son was doing soccer training. So I actually ran around the field and and made that for eight kilometres. So (sighs) it's just a matter of outside the box and, and trying to fit it in when you can. Yeah, that's a good idea. So how many times have you done the virtual challenge now? So I've actually, I think there was one year that I missed. Um, Okay. So if there's one mistake you think you've made in those three or four times you've done the virtual challenge, what would you say that was? Underestimating my time. Oh. Yeah, so. Underestimating how much time you had or the time it took to do the distances? I think it's a matter of... um, you know, relaxing and and not thinking too much of how many days you've got to cover it in. So it's thinking, oh, yeah, I'll I'll do my five kilometres today and then for whatever reason you get held up and I'll do the 10Ks tomorrow. And then life gets busy, as you say, with work and business and kids. Um, And then you've got, you know, the normal family 
stuff on top of that. I think the biggest downfall that anyone can can get into is just feeling like they've got all the time in the world and then trying mm. to catch up on that. <laughs> the cram session. But yes, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not school exams we're cramming for anymore. It's distances and kilometers. And then I think you also will lose the enjoyment sometimes as well. Just mm-hmm. you know, going out and really putting pressure on yourself to get certain amount of kilometres done. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to, you know, step out the front door um, and just go out and enjoy the day the, mm-hmm. or, or make it different and, and run or walk at night time when you normally don't. It's just a matter of um, getting some excitement and enjoyment out of what you're doing and, and the cause behind it. All right, one last question so I can get you know, let you get back to the kids. What advice do you have for someone who is listening to this who either is thinking of doing the challenge but not over the line yet or has signed up and is now starting to wonder how on earth, what the hell they've signed up for and how, are the, how on earth they're all supposed to fit it in? Oh, my gosh. Um, just do it. Sign up. It's so much fun. Um, the running community is one of the best communities that I've ever been involved in. There are so many supportive people that will, you know, support you the entire journey of your running. And who knows, you know, you might fall in absolute love with it and find all the benefits that come with it. Um, If you've signed up and you're a bit nervous, don't be... Um, just remember to look at those different pockets of opportunity where you can get in, walk the dog, take the kids out. There's a moment of sunshine, walk around the block, make it a personal challenge. And one of the things that I've really learned is not to take yourself and life too seriously. So have a bit of fun with it whilst you're raising awareness and, you know, just enjoy being out there. Um, I promise you it will help with your mental health. Mm. Very true. Great advice. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm doing my first virtual challenge, so I'm going to take some notes now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, you'll never regret getting out the front door and running or walking. It's it's really the best way to look after yourself and with self-care. Put some music on, listen to an audio book. You've got many, many different options. Um, And, of course, if you signed up, nudge your friend, grab your friend, and go, hey, come along for the ride. Well, I don't know about you, but I took quite a few notes then. And how amazing is Kira Lee's mum? She is going to be my inspiration to get my butt out the door during the challenge. So if you want to join the RAV Challenge, don't forget that registrations are now open and will be up until the second week of the challenge, which is in September. But I'm sure you don't want to wait that long. So make sure you register your team and organize a few friends to join you now. And if you don't have a team but still want to be involved, you can go to the RAV website, register on the site, and the amazing team behind the scenes at RAV will find you a team to join. So this coming weekend, Saturday the 30th of July, the team at Mount Gambia have decided to do a parkrun takeover and want to encourage you to do the same at your local parkrun. So here to tell us all about it is Dean. He is from the team called the Waddling Ducks based out of Mount Gambia. He's also a parkrun run director and he's here to tell you all about it. Hi, I'm Dean and I'm one of seven Parkrun directors at Mount Gambia. Um, 
and I'm also taking part in Run Against Violence for the last two years in the Team Waddling Ducks. Now, I, I think that name's offensive. I think we're much better than that. However, we are another year older, and I think maybe it's starting to fit. Um, Mount Gambia Park Run, a great, great spot to be. Uh, we run around the Blue Lake. It's not a shoreline run. This is a, a volcanic crater, so we're up, up a hill, down a hill, and back again. I'd been involved for uh, about 10 years with Lifeline, and I took multiple calls from women uh, who'd been in abusive relationships, mostly women, um, and I really feel uh, felt I needed to do something which would be on the helpful side of things. Um, wanted to be part of the change. Uh, so, yeah, I got, got involved with Run Against Violence. Backrun Takeover, yes, we've, we've got 11 volunteers, I think it is, who will all be dressed in their paraphernalia. So we will be obvious on the day. Uh, even if we can't spruik the cause, people can ask us and, and find out. And what else I like too is the fact that uh, we can enter Run Against Violence as our park run team. So that will be present all year round. People people will surely ask at some point through the year. So I, yeah, I really like put your name down uh, for Run Against Violence team. And if at all possible, uh, do a takeover on the 30th of July like we are in Mount Gambia. If you or someone close to you is experiencing family violence, please talk to someone. You can call 1800RESPECT in Australia if you would like to talk to a professional service or if there is an immediate threat to your safety in Australia, please call the police on triple zero. Finally, in each episode, we're going to highlight one of the amazing teams who are participating in the challenge this year. To wrap up today's episode, I thought it was only appropriate that we have Karen from Serotonin Running. Welcome, Karen. So I'm Karen and I live in the Blue Mountains and what I love about the Blue Mountains is obviously our beautiful landscape, but we have all the beautiful tracks and trails right there on our doorstep. I've been here 18 years now and I'm still not tired of it. And I think more importantly, what I love about here is community and the running community. So I'm majoritively a walker, and but I'm embraced by the running community because I tag along. Our team, we're majoritively based in Springwood. So most of us are from this area. Most of us are part of serotonin running. We do have a couple of people in Scotland who in past years have been part of the Springwood branch. And I guess we came together because of it's the message um, and the mission that RAV have. We're all a family. We we either parents or we're part of you know your natural family. We're grandparents, um, and I think that the message is something we would all like to see happen. And we probably don't talk about it amongst our families. So we, you know, it's that knowledge that we need to lift a stigma. We need to help people to be able to open up and talk. So how did we get started? Well, I think technically we've been part of it from the start unwittingly. Um, Julia, who's now in Scotland, happened to be one day at track wearing a RAV shirt from the very first um, event that Kira Lee did. And I remember asking her at track, oh, 
what's that? Because obviously it said family violence. It was of interest to me. And we got chatting, so it started the conversation. And then I actually went online and bought a shirt, not realising that RAV was going to be an ongoing thing. Um, so the following year when I saw it come up, I went, oh, we have to do this. So I put it to the team and everyone kind of went, oh, yeah, that sounds great, and sort of stepped back a little bit. And um, so I just thought, well, you know, I brought it to you, so I'll, I'll sort of step in. I was really anxious about getting started, and I realised it actually wasn't hard to do. Every People wanted to do it. People were, you know, ping, 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 their hands were going up. People wanted to do it, and I loved that. I think the first year was 2018. We made mistakes and we learned from it. And the following year, we learned we needed to balance our team. So we all finished together. Each year, it's just growing. And yes, some people drop out for family commitments. Um, but the thing I find is afterwards, there's a real high amongst the group. And I think it comes from, A, we get together and we're doing something together, but it's the message. And I think we really love that we feel that we've, you know, put ourselves out there to help people that, you know, wouldn't ordinarily maybe step up and do it. Um, and then I notice also there's never just one thing I notice. <laughs> and the other thing I notice is that the following, the next year, the new people are amongst the first to put their hands up to do it again that next year. So I love that as well. Um, and then I guess personally what I love about RAV is, is that people do find their own voice. You know, we on the RAV community page, you have these people telling their stories and they're opening up and it's probably possibly the first time they've opened up and they're either opening up to people they know or complete strangers, but they find that platform to do that. And ah, that makes me happy. And um, I think, yeah, what Kiralee's done is a really beautiful thing. So sorry for being emotional. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we love it. We love it as a team. Um, we have a lot of fun, but at the same time, we always know what their message is and what we're doing and why we're doing it as well. And we've got a lot of boys this year as well. So we've got a lot of husbands. So I'm excited about that. So that's it for this week's episode of the 2022 RAV podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to register your team. And then we would love it if you would share this episode with one person or maybe your entire team, or maybe your entire parkrun community. I'm Jen Brown, and I will chat to you next week. Bye for now.